Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays. I'm here with Foxtail Whips, a.k.a. Adam uh, Herrig. How's it going? Yep. That's it. Welcome to the show, Adam, and thanks for doing this so last minute. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Dude, so it's been quite a wild uh, 12 days for you, two weeks or so. Um, Foxtail Whips, uh, Whips with a Z at the end, is a channel that Adam uh, operates, and it's you've been doing it looks like you've been doing gear stuff for quite a while you've been i'm kind of doing a deep dive here it looks like you've been making youtube videos for a really long time like almost eight years now but something happened in the last two weeks that i'm sure is quite exciting for you um can you talk to me about and by the way you do have a video almost with a million views from five years ago hundred dollar ebay turbo i just looked oh yeah (laughs) But what's but what's really cool is a particular video has basically gotten up to the level of some of your top performers in only a week or two uh, or two weeks. So, Adam, I I saw this video, and if you're in the gear filmmaking niche, you may have also seen this video suggested to you. In fact, there's a high likelihood that the majority of our listeners right now, if you've been on YouTube in the last two weeks, have been suggested this video. So uh, all that to lead up to Adam, what what was the video that popped off in the last two weeks that's been really exciting for you? Yeah, so it's a crazy one. I mean, it's been it's been a crazy experience, but yeah, it's a, a video about I bought five broken Alexas from eBay, and I've pretty much been working <laughs> on just trying to repair them, seeing what I can do to fix them, and get one of them going. Um, yeah, it, it has been a crazy a crazy past few weeks. I guess past month I've been you know, working out of behind the scenes. Well, yeah. So the, the title is I paid 1250 for five broken area Lexus cinema cameras. Uh, or wait, no, no, that's the, that's the one from seven days ago. The one from three weeks ago that really popped off is called I bought five broken area Lexus cinema cameras. Can I fix it? Um, brilliant title, brilliant concept. Um, it's now sitting at 215,000 views. And I think this is really important for a lot of people who are in the YouTube filmmaking space, myself included selfishly here, uh, because it's a 30 minute video of you basically going through all these different cameras, almost kind of like a Mark Rober kind of style of just like being an engineer, you've got the workbench, you take them all out of the box, you, you look at them, you observe it. Tell me about the process of this. Was this like engineered to go viral? Was, was that your goal or was this a happy accident for you? And it's just a, a video that you've been wanting to do for a while. Um, just tell me about how you came up with this idea. Yeah. So I, I pretty much cycle through cameras, um, honestly, like on a weekly basis. So I get stuff on eBay. I'll buy used cameras to make videos about, make reviews of, test, you know, that I'll sell them on eBay, buy other ones on eBay. That's kind of my cycle thing. So I was scrolling through eBay. I've really been looking for an Aria Alexa for, or Aria Alexa for a long time now. Um, you know, they're just obviously ridiculously expensive. And I came across this listing on eBay. Um, you know, I just went searching through one day for Alexas and just, the pictures are just these stacked up like chunks of Alexa's just sitting on this table. And, um, you know, at first I, you know, I just looked through it. Um, once I realized what it actually was, I don't know, it, everything just kind of clicked in my brain. Um, I will say the main thing I was thinking when I saw the listing was the video I could get out of it. <laughs> I knew buying five broken Ari Alexa's would just be, I don't know. I knew that was going to be just a golden opportunity for so much content. Um, but also obviously, I mean, I've always wanted an Ari Alexa. It's pretty much the top tier when it comes to cinema cameras as it is. So it was pretty much already one of my dream cameras. And I've had some background, um, mostly when I was younger, but with electronics repair and stuff. So pretty much everything came together you know, my love for creating thumbnails and titles and trying to, you know, really find that perfect video. Um, my love for cameras and repairs and everything just pulled together. And, you know, I, uh, I wasn't sure at first, actually, oops, sorry, I dropped my headphone. Um, 
I really wasn't sure about it at first. I kind of thought about it and, you know, talked to my friends, talked to my girlfriend, you know, there's a lot of money. I really, the more I thought about it, um, you know, I realized there's, I could not pass this up. There was no way I was going to let this listing go. So yeah, I, um, that was where it started. So then I ended up actually messaging the seller, um, told him what I wanted to do, make a video about it, um, you know, about trying to fix the cameras. And they ended up reaching out to me through email and we kind of talked for a little bit. You know, they really liked the idea of trying to fix them because obviously, you know, who knows what would have happened to them. Otherwise, you know, maybe somebody would have used one of the parts and just scrapped the rest of them. So, you know, I think, um, you know, we, we talked about that and stuff and agreed on a price of $1,250. And that's, that's kind of where it all started. And so, yeah, that, that was the big point where as soon as I got my hand, I knew they were on their way, you know, getting shipped to me. I just kind of, you know, went crazy researching everything, learning anything I could about them and, you know, kind of ended up where I started out in the first part of the video, unboxing them, seeing what they are and just going at it, seeing what I could do. <laughs> That's incredible, dude. And, uh, what, what a great story too, of like, you know, asking you shall receive, right? It's like, if you see an opportunity, especially with, with a, like a person, not just dealing with like B and H or Adorama, like if you have, like you did an eBay message that you could just send and kind of share the story and kind of get them on board, get them kind of sold on the idea, you know, they were willing to work with you on a price. And that's awesome because obviously they could have probably sold them for more, even though they're broken, but like, because they knew you, they, they loved your idea. They went for it. So this is really crazy. And I think the reason, I think one of the reasons why this is so good for, uh, of a, like just a YouTube video in general, forget the filmmaking niche is like the, I'm kind of skipping through it as we're talking here. I'm just kind of like skipping around on the video. You can just see like the passion and the excitement in your face, like as all this is happening and as you get the, the, uh, box and it's just something that every single human being can relate to. And when you start studying YouTube and seeing what works and, and why certain things work, it really does come down to, I keep, I keep hearing people say this, like creating for humans, not robots. Like don't, even though the algorithm is a thing, don't create for the algorithm, create for humans. And the truth is, is almost every filmmaker or any, anybody who has any idea what, you know, an Ari Alexa camera is, has dreamed of owning one. I mean, I also have considered buying one of these older ones because I think you can get, uh, what is it? Like a classic now for like a working one is what? Like 6,000 or something? I think right around five to 6,000. Uh, yeah. Ari Alexa classic, the LF, right? Is that what it's called? Or the L, the LT? Is that, or those are the more expensive know. ones. It's just the Alexa classic is like the, the first, <laughs> their first digital one. The, um, yeah, yeah. The, or the EV, right? Yeah. The classic EV. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I could buy a kit that's actually working, ready to shoot for sixty five hundred, um, with an EVF and all that. Which I mean, for for what it is, I mean, that's actually kind of cool that you can, you know, for only six thousand dollars, the price of, uh, you know, my C five hundred or my C seventy. Forget C five hundred. That's fifteen thousand. But um, for the price of a standard cinema camera, you can get an Ari Alexa and it actually is the same sensor that they're, they're still using technically in, in up until the newest sensor, obviously that just came out, but um, there's obviously limitations. It's slower processing, all that stuff. But regardless, you can get a very beautiful image on a, on a Ari Alexa. Plus you look like a boss showing up on set with an Alexa, but um, <clears throat> it's just like, it's this, this concept, this video that you did really taps into people's fantasies really. And the idea that, you could get one of these to work or one of them to work is the perfect retention tactic too. So it's like when it comes to coming up with ideas for YouTube videos, it's so hard, especially in our niche to come up with a storyline that has a human connection. You did that with, I'm buying five broken Alexas, And then for me as a viewer, I'm literally like sitting there watching you unbox these. And I'm anticipating that like, please God, one of these, 
please work, you know, or whatever. Or in this case, you had to figure out things that were working and things that weren't. And it, it, of course it sets you up for a beautiful follow-up video, which you did, which also performed really well. Um, so, I mean, am I, am I on it here with some of this, uh, <laughs> stuff? What, what are some of your takeaways from that first video and what were the kind of things that you were thinking when you were editing the video and coming up with your thumbnail and title? I'm just curious the whole, the whole process. Cause I think you really nailed it on every, on everything. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you were talking about emotion, um, that, you know, bringing out emotion in it and everything. And I think, um, you know, that, that's, that really ties into that video because typically on my channel, um, you know, it's mostly just get to the facts, get to the point, you know, kind of make a video about a product. That's typically what I've, what I've always done and it's worked, you know, I've, I have fun doing it, but with this video, I really, I decided to show more emotion in it. Um, you know, more of myself, I guess you could say, rather than just a YouTuber. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if that played into the fact of maybe people connected with the video more to, you know, to make people watch it more. You know, I, I guess I don't know how that works, but I, I definitely showed, him more, showed more emotion, you know, in this and more, um, you know, connected, you know, with the viewers, I guess, and just kind of being a lot more real to myself with this video versus what I've normally done. And I really, you know, even in editing, you know, I, besides, or rather than just cutting out, you know, all the fluff in between and like, um, just getting to the point, I'm going to do this, do that, you know, here's what I did here. Um, and I really made the decision there even just to really show more of the realness of how I feel about everything, you know, what I think and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like that, that might've been, you know, one of the reasons people connected with it more, you know, kind of, it makes it feel like you're the one holding the cameras as you're watching the video type of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely, I think that's a great point. Just, you know, it, it feels like the viewers are kind of a part of it with me, um, doing all that, you know, you know, along with me with fixing these cameras. So yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I definitely put a lot, a lot more time and effort into this video, um, you know, into just trying to make it, you know, as exciting as, you know, there's parts of drama in there, you know, I kind of made it, you know, probably a little bit, um, a little bit corny, but kind of in on purpose, <laughs> in a purposeful way, just make it a fun video to watch overall, you know, um, I could have, yeah. I could have probably made it, you know, on one end, made it a 10 minute video where, you know, I, I bought these cameras. I do this, do this and do this. Um, I got, you know, this one doing this, like I could have either done that or could have gone the opposite way where, um, you know, I really didn't edit anything and just film the whole process in a raw sense. You know, I, I could have gone either way, but I, I'm pretty glad I decided to kind of stick right in the middle there. You know, it's, it shows more emotion than most of my videos and kind of, you know, a more real approach to how everything's going, but it's also not, um, you know, just a fast paced back to back to back. Here's the point. Here's this, you know, that's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's about yeah. kind of my, my thought process going through the whole thing. Well, I mean, well, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the edit. Um, it's 30 minutes roughly, uh, it's 29 minutes and 11 seconds. Um, what were, what were your thoughts on that? Was, was that, um, was that a, sorry, if you can hear my kids scream, oh, you're good. my, my wife, uh, is putting the kids to sleep and it sounds like they're fighting that concept a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, <clears throat> was that pretty much as short as you could make it with it being as rich feature rich as, as possible or, you know, what were your thoughts on, on the, the length? Did you, like you said, you maybe could have cut things down, but you know, I don't feel like it really dragged either. So, you know, when you were editing it, what were your, what was going through your mind when you started looking at the time code and like, Oh, this is 30 minutes. Yeah. You know um, I, mean? I think, you know, obviously I definitely could have cut it down. Um, 
and made it just sentence after sentence after sentence, just getting to the point. Um, but I think, you know, around that 30 minute mark, that was kind of the point where, um, you know, it, that was like the perfect length for it where there might've been a few Mm -hmm. spots that it was a little bit slow, but I think it kind of paced it out in terms of, you know, really keeping the viewer engaged and kind of keep building the anticipation, um, you know, trying to, trying to keep people interested in the whole video, um, and, you know, being interested in watching, you know, next part to, you know, I kind of left a cliffhanger at the end to, you know, want people to want to come back to my channel and keep watching more videos about it. Cause obviously, um, you know, that's, that's really the reason I decided to split up into two parts as well is, you know, I could have done both parts in one video as well and could have, you know, kind of made the all more concise and stuff like that. But I think, you know, posting one part, building that anticipation, kind of getting people to know me, you know, what I do in my channel, you know, maybe they'll watch some other videos afterwards while they're waiting for that new part, you know, almost like a TV show waiting for the next episode. That was really my goal um, with this whole series, kind of just, you know, keep people interested, uh, make something that I'm going to be able to connect with my viewers more and just something a little different than what I typically do on my channel. You know, I, I think it really worked great. Um, it kind of put me in a predicament moving forward, uh, you know, with my channel, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really happy with, with how everything's gone. You know, I'm, the amount of support I've gotten on it is the most unreal thing I've ever experienced, honestly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for you, man. I mean, <clears throat> you've been crushing it on YouTube for a long time, but it's cool to, and and you definitely have several videos that perform really well. But I think what's special about this one is that I think you're really tapping into a lot of the, the, it seems like you've really figured out what works well on YouTube now in 2022, what the algorithm likes, but also what people like. It is kind of like if I, you know, were to compare it to, what kind of like Ryan Trahan did with the penny series. Like he took, uh, kind of the high level YouTuber ideas of having an overarching story with that's really epic, but then boiling it down to like a really simple and cheap thing. Um, so that's what you did is like, you took the most epic cinema camera on the market, the Aria <laughs> ironically, you know, red makes a camera called epic, but, um, the Ari Alexa is the most epic camera in the industry. It's the most unobtainable camera to everybody, but you found a way to basically have it for $1,200. Um, but you know, you have to work, you have to work for it and get it, to, get it to get one of them to work. Basically. It's just a brilliant, like overall arching overarching story. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask you next is like, now what? <laughs> so it's like you've done episode one, episode two. Like, what are your plans for your channel? And do you have any? If if not, maybe we could brainstorm together because um, I have a couple ideas. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, real quick, just what you're talking about, Ryan Trahan, his like Penny series. Um, yeah, I, I was. Do you watch Colin and Samir? Do you know? Of course. Yeah. I um, I think it was on their video. Um. They were talking about, you know, there's like the Mr. Beast where, you know, you do this crazy expensive stuff and obviously everybody wants to see like all the expensive stuff, you know, giving somebody a million dollars. But then there's what Ryan Trahan, um, you know, did in that series and he does a lot actually is the complete opposite where it's living at the cheapest Airbnb for a night, you know, like living on a penny for 30 days. And those two extremes, I think are like, they're almost identical in terms of the most viral, like most you know, what people want to watch type of stuff. And that's kind of um, what I've based my channel around is like the total opposite. Um, and I think the Ari Alexa video kind of ties into that in terms of, you know, I've made videos about the best camera under $100, which, you know, it's hard to think about a good like DSLR mirrorless camera under $100. Or, you know, I've made a video about a $60 camera. So I'm kind of trying to niche down to that 
almost like the Ryan Trahan type of videos where it's, you know, kind of a crazy video, like doing something crazy, except it's with the total opposite of like, you know, you talk about the new Ari camera that's $80,000. You know, there's probably people making videos, this new $80,000 camera. Um, and, you know, everybody wants to see that, obviously, because <laughs> it's awesome. It's new. It's expensive. But I really took the approach of the complete opposite in terms of the cheapest possible you know, gear to do this or like the best possible option for this super low of a price where I think it has its own niche that isn't really occupied right now. And that's really what I'm trying to push into. And so, you know, kind of talking about what my plans are now, um, obviously fixing stuff isn't, isn't what I've ever done on my channel before. And it's not something that I can't say it's not something that I don't plan to move into. I think it's awesome. And I love obviously saving, you know, repairing stuff and saving stuff from, you know, being scrapped like I did with the Ari Alexas. Um, but, you know, I really plan on just doubling down on the first half of the Ari Alexa video, which is just, you know, the low budget price point type of stuff. You know, I actually, um, I have it right behind me. I bought the cheapest red cinema camera um, as well. So I'm actually, you know, I'm working on a video about that to kind of follow up with the RE video. You know, it's, it's not have to do with repairing stuff. And that's a little bit what I'm worried about. Um, because, you know, I gained so much inspiration from Tronics Fix, who's a YouTuber that I've been watching for years, but he repairs cell phones and video game, you know, systems and stuff. And I, I don't. I loved the Ari Alexa video and I'd love to do more of that, but I don't want everyone that's new from that video to think that, you know, that's what my channel is and what it's going to be, um, is repairing stuff. And so that's kind of what I'm worried about with this, you know, just what, what the future of my channel will be like. And, you know, people that came from the Ari Alexa video, you know, what are they going to be interested in watching? Um, that's something I have, I have yet to figure out because I actually haven't, posted a new video since the series yet. So I really don't know, you know, what's going to happen to my channel from now on if I go back to what I've, the videos I've been making. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, really to, to answer your question, what, what the plan is, it's really to, I guess, it's going to continue what I've kind of been doing, which is really niching in that budget camera gear, um, you know, section, trying to help, help people get the most value they can you know, on a really low budget because, you know, people that aren't really in the YouTube space, you know, like, like both of us are, um, most people aren't going to spend even a thousand dollars on a camera. Like that's just not feasible for most people. You know, they don't, they don't want to put that much money into something that they're just going to use, you know, as a hobby and stuff like that, you know? So, you know, I, I think it's really important to show what's out there you know, for those really, really low budget price points that YouTubers really typically don't make videos about. You know, a lot of people mainly focus on the new expensive stuff. So that's kind of my plan. That's my channel mission, I guess you could say, is just sticking with um, helping everyone find the best gear they can for, you know, the lowest price possible. That's kind of what I've, what I've done and what I plan to continue to do. I love that. <clears throat> well, I have a follow-up to that question then. Do you, do you see yourself as a filmmaker or a YouTuber? And what are your long-term goals? Do you want to be a filmmaker? Or do you want to be making YouTube videos and have a successful YouTube channel? Or both? Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> I would say... <laughs> I would say I'm a YouTuber. And I say that because... One of my favorite things is just numbers and uh, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's like creating content and like all the behind the scenes stuff, you know, uh, doing, mm -hmm. building the, you know, thumbnails for it, figuring out the perfect title. Um, yeah. Kind of, I don't know, just content creation in general. Um I just love every part of it, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff, the marketing side of it, you know, all of that stuff really yeah. interests me 
more personally than the cr the craft of filmmaking. I don't want to say that like I'm not into filmmaking and I don't like because, you know, I think it would be awesome. I've always wanted to create a documentary and, you know, stuff like that. But I think really my love for, you know, creating content is, you know, creating YouTube videos for people to watch, to teach people, to, you know, help people, yeah. um, you know, learn and stuff like that. And really all the stuff behind the scenes um, that comes with creating content for, you know, not just YouTube, but just creating social media content, content in general is really where my passion's at right now. Same here, dude. I, I don't know when the, I think when I got bit with the YouTube bug uh, about four or five years ago, when I started uh, working for Kinotika, that was when I just completely fell in love with it as well. <clears throat> and I have a background as a performer. I was a magician for several years before I did uh, any video. So it was the perfect marriage of my two skills that I developed over a decade of <clears throat> being a professional, you know, filmmaker, and then six years of being a professional illusionist. Um, and so those two combined and it was like a marriage made in heaven. I've been in love with it ever since. I've just, I don't know about you, but I, um, I, I don't know if you knew I worked for a company called Indie Mogul. I hosted that channel for about five months. Yeah. Um, and that was a pretty big channel. And that was obviously like, a, I, I had no part of, you know, that ch channel success necessarily. They just hired me um, to take over and it didn't work out mostly because I just didn't want to live in California. I wanted to move back to Tennessee where I'm from to be near my family and to give my kids a better life than living in the city in an apartment, you know? So, um, <clears throat> but I did learn that the industry and the like Hollywood kind of film industry stuff, like there are some people that understand the YouTube thing and obviously look at corridor digital. They've been crushing it with corridor crew. Um, you know, all those guys, they are incredible, <clears throat> but I felt like there was just so much friction and like, it was a lot of, um, people that just didn't understand the YouTube thing in Hollywood. And, uh, I just kept, kept feeling like there's a problem here. Like I shouldn't be, I guess I shouldn't be in this niche at all because I'm just getting so much friction from people who watch my videos. Cause I was being really goofy and I was trying to do things that I was seeing was working on YouTube, but applying it to our niche and it wasn't working because I it was a little bit too probably immature for the audience. Cause the audience is a bunch of like mid twenties to like late forties males. So it's like, it's mostly dudes and they're middle-aged or, you know, young twenties or so. And it was like, really hard for me because I want to be a YouTuber and I want to build a large channel and, and pull in big numbers <clears throat> because if you can bring in good views and you can do big things, then you can have more budget to play with and do fun, crazy, epic things and inspire people and employ people and have, you know, do things that have never been done before. And, uh, but over the last couple of months, I've really fallen in love again with the niche. And I've realized that there's actually a much wider demographic than I realized. Um, I was just too focused on the tiny little niche of the gear specifics. So it's like, you know, talking about a Fuji camera, like most normal people don't know what a Fuji camera is, you know, or uh, Olympus, <laughs> especially for me, I was an Olympus guy. Uh, nobody in like in the normal world would ever own or use an Olympus camera. <laughs> so uh, making an entire video about something that's so hyper niche, like obviously generates an audience of hyper niche people, which is cool. It's really fun to be around those people. But I, I realized I'm never going to get a million views, no matter how much time I spend on a review of a new DJI uh, gimbal thing no matter how much time I spend on it, like even if it's literally the best YouTube video ever made because the product itself is so niche, then there's just a small pool of people who would find it interesting at all. But if you zoom out from that niche and you think about filmmaking in general and movie movies in general, the feelings and the emotions that people have when it comes to watching movies, um, 
the allure of the Oscars and actors and directors and the, the whole story and narrative writing process. There's way more people in that pool of, of the niche, if you will. And so that's what I'm trying to hit now is like to kind of zoom out. And I think you tapped into a little bit of that. It still was very niche in that, you know, not everybody knows what the Ari Alexa is, but there are a lot of people who know what the Ari Alexa is and the people who maybe have sort of heard of it probably would watch that video too. And so I think what happened was, you know, your older videos are about a certain camera or a certain, you know, black magic, this or that. And, And those do have their, their nice pools of people, but like you really tapped into the filmmaking genre a little bit. It's a bit of a wider net, um, with this Alexa thing. And again, it's, it's such an, uh, appealing camera. So I'm just, I'm saying all that to say, like, I bet you could, <clears throat> this is just me spitballing, but you could expand into like more filmmaking generalities or, or, um, or if you wanted to stay in the budget thing, doing a kind of more YouTuber idea of like, I traveled to every Best Buy in the country and bought, you know, an M50 at every store, you know, or whatever. So you buy an M50 from one store in one state and then you return it at another Best Buy in another state and then you just do it over again. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just kind of going on a tangent here, but I do think that uh, there's room for uh, creators to experiment in different niche- niches, niches, n- niches. I go b- between the two um, and start thinking about how how you can expand it Cause you've basically, you've built a really solid, uh, foundation of, you know, you've got 50,000 subs now. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. And, and again, you've been making content for several years now and you've had a, a couple of them do really well, hundreds of thousands of views. And, um, <clears throat> so the algorithm has put you in, in a bucket at this point, but you really tapped into something that has a much wider audience and, uh, I can tell by just talking to you that you were very thoughtful about that. And, um, you know, I agree with you. I'm completely hooked on the YouTube thing. The fact that I don't have any barrier between me and, uh, the audience, there's no producers, there's no clients other than sponsors, but, um, they're essentially helping pay for things. Uh, they don't necessarily dictate the content. Um, it's really a wonderful, place to be if you're a creator and you don't like <laughs> dealing with authority. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm real excited for you. And I think there's a lot of potential here with, uh, you could just do more Ari Alexa stuff. You could, you know, take the one that you, you know, have and shoot, shoot something on it or give it to somebody to use on a project and see how they like it. And I don't know the, uh, you could do all you could do all sorts of different things with it, but um, I totally <clears throat> am with you on the whole YouTube thing for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, kind of what you're talking about, like niches in general, um, and just expanding it out and experimenting. I think is the most important thing. Um, I've actually I've been making YouTube videos, um, not in this channel, but I've probably had seven or eight other channels. <laughs> I've been making YouTube videos. Oh wow! Since 2011, um, which wow. is more than half more than half of my life that I've been making <laughs> YouTube videos, and I've literally done probably everything. I mean, you know, like I've on this channel alone, Foxtail Whips. I started out in 2015 making dirt bike videos because I've always been into dirt bikes. You know, then I've always been into cars too. So I switched into making videos about cars and stuff. Then I switched into, I don't even know what else. Just, you know, all the stuff, just trying out different niches essentially. And just different, you know, obviously they're all my hobbies as well. Um, you know, cause you gotta have fun making your videos too. So I really just tried making videos about every single one of my hobbies throughout the years. I mean, it really started, um, my first ever YouTube video is a stop motion video. Cause I used to do stop motion when I was, you know, 10 and 11 years old. Um, it's awesome. And then, you know, obviously it really kicked off once I started making camera videos and, you know, in 2020, I think, or 2019. And that's kind of when I, 
you know, it started to pick up and that's when I realized I should stick to that. And I've, you know, I like cameras. I like filmmaking. I've been making, um, you know, skits and stuff since the beginning, you know, since 2010 when I was 10 years old. So, you know, it kind of all hit right there too. And, you know, most of my channel was always niche down. Um, you know, even some of the videos that have taken off, it's still like best settings for the Sony a6000 or, you know, a6400 review or, you know, review of this specific camera or something like that. And they do, they do great still, you know, uh, relatively speaking, I guess you could say they get views and, you know, I've gained a fan base from those, but kind of like what you're talking about, you know, making a video about one specific camera or one specific thing. There's only so much that you can actually grow from that. There's only so many people that want to watch videos about that exact camera, you know, on the internet. So opening up and experimenting and trying new niches and really expanding, I think was one of the best things that, that I tried to do. <laughs> you know, I think it, even just before the Alexa video, sw kind of making that switch from best settings for this camera, review of this camera, um, switching from that type of stuff, which I still love to do and I, I still do and will do, but opening up to a broader range, like, um, I don't know the exact titles of some of my videos, but $100 camera versus $3,500 camera, which one's better? Or the best mm -hmm. camera under, you know, $500. Everyone that's into cameras, you know, you still have to be into cameras, but everyone that's into cameras, which hundreds of millions of people probably in the world. So I don't really have to worry about, you know, <laughs> maxing out that niche, you know, is, is going to be interested in that video. It doesn't matter if you like Sony, Panasonic, Canon, if you are only into this exact brand, um, you know, seeing what's the best camera under this price point or what's the best camera that can do 4K video. I don't know, something like that it really just opens it up so much, so much more than a review of this exact camera. And I think, you know, for everybody, everybody that, you know, if anybody's watching this, that's making YouTube videos and it's a content creator, um, you know, I think it's just such a good idea to just try to expand a little bit, see what you can do to bring in a broader audience, um, you know, rather than just sticking to what you know. I think it's so important and it's, it's really what helped has helped my channel um, grow as fast as it has in the last six months, probably, you know, prior to the Ari Alexa video. Yeah. That, that obviously is what, you know, really went crazy. But prior to that is when I did start making um, more open ended videos that, you know, a broader audience will hopefully be into. And, you know, I think that's that's kind of the turning point where, you know, I realized there's way more growth to be out there. You know, I thought I was, I was really happy, you know, with how everything was going. Um, but I didn't realize, you know, the much broader audience that, you know, there is out there that I could bring in, um, you know, while still obviously doing what I like to do, you know, I'm not ever going to make a video about something that I hate just because I want it to get a million views. You know, so yeah, I guess yeah. I'm getting at, I think it's really important to, you know, open up a little bit, you know, broaden your, what you make videos about and at least experiment. I think that's the most important thing for really any content creator. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Gerald Undone's review of the banana this week, but, um, did you see Yeah, that? I did. <laughs> I think that's a great example of just kind of experimenting and, you know, expanding yourself out. I think, I mean, let me see. What did that do? I think it did pretty well. well. Um, Gerald already kind of has a quirky personality. So Gerald's awesome. people seem to like he it. He's one, one of like, oh my God, my iPod again. He is one of like my favorite, YouTube, probably one of my favorite YouTubers at the moment. He is so awesome. I just, his. Yeah, the banana. The banana video has about as many views as some of his other videos have. So yeah, no, I think it's awesome that, you know, um, he has always kind of stuck with, um, you know, the same thing, you know, the, the same type of videos that he's always done. 
it seems like he's always stuck to, which are fan like the fantastic videos, amazing videos. But I have noticed that, you know, he has done more quirky stuff like that. You know, a few months ago, he did um, a video about this camera. I don't know. It was like a fake camera. And it was just this quirky video, kind of like yeah. the Nano one. Um, you know, I think it's awesome that he's, you know, doing that. Because obviously, yeah. it shows that he's he's just doing what he wants to do as a creator, which is, I think, so important to, you know, stay healthy totally. in the space. and not burn yourself out you know i think it's it's awesome that he's just kind of doing fun stuff like that i don't know it's i think it's awesome 100 percent. yeah i've talked to him before on the podcast and good friends with him and he's he's struggled with the fact that he has you know he is in a very hyper niche market of just being a total you know he, he knows everything about every camera and just does so much research on it um you know he but I think he could probably expand that out if he wanted to start other channels. If he just kept everything the exact same and did the same amount of research and the same amount of shooting for phones, I think it'd be huge. Um, because his personality and his level of research and understanding on things in a phone market would probably perform really well. But he may not want to do that. That's the thing, though. So I think at the end of the day, you want to always stick to, like you said, you don't want to just do something because you know it'll get views you want to do it um because you love it because you know this is a choice to to be a, a creator be self-employed and uh it's something that you're going to spend a lot of time doing <clears throat> so might as well make it fun and just again coming back to what we were saying at the beginning your video the uh, level of excitement and energy that you had on camera is it shines through the lens and, and you can feel the authenticity of it I think that's one of the secret uh, parts of some of the biggest YouTubers is having things that are authentic and capturing authentic moments, um, almost intentionally designing things to happen so that people have authentic reactions. In Mr. Beast's case, he knows how everything's going to play out in his head pretty much in terms of the scripting. He doesn't necessarily know how it's going to turn out, but like the people involved, the contestants are, are experiencing real emotions. And that's what we connect to as an audience is seeing those emotions and those feelings happening. Um, I mean, obviously look at reality television it, and as a rubric, I mean, a lot of those shows put people in really uncomfortable situations on purpose so that you can capture those raw moments. Um, you know, it's not reality in the sense that like these things actually happen in reality, but it is real in that it's unscripted uh, content. They're they're setting things up and maybe kind of nudging people to do a certain thing, but it still is authentic and real. And so, if there's any way you can create that again with your channel moving forward, I think these last two videos show you that um, that people respond to that on your channel. So I would encourage you to. You know, it's, it's going to take a lot of time and effort to try to uh, come up with another one, but um, hopefully you've learned some things with this last video. I mean, wh what are some of the things that you've learned in the last three weeks of doing this uh, series? Um, man, I mean, I've learned anything that I've definitely learned that um, really showing more of, you know, the emotion expressing that sort of thing is really important. Um, but, you know, it's something that there's really, you know, the two types of, you know, people, like at least in the camera niche, um, like for me, it's always, I'm not that much of a talker. I'm not very charismatic, you know? So that's why I've kind of went with the route of, these are the specs. Here's a review of this camera. This is all the information um, because I'm not as care. You know, I'm not charismatic. Like, you know, you see potato jet, his videos are just amazing. He's so all the time. He's happy. He just, you know, just show, expresses everything he feels. He's like, you know, it's like, you're like, you're there with him. It's almost like he's vlogging while doing this camera review. You know, he's just always so happy. So like wholesome, everything like that. Um, and then 
you know, he just kind of has that, that factor to him. And I think for me, because I've always just been so shy, so never talking, you know, to anybody, never talking that much, um, it's always been easier for me to just uh, talk to the camera about, you know, the statistics and the numbers and that sort of thing without showing um, as much emotion. You know, it's, it's just, it's kind of something I struggle with. And I think just after seeing what happened with those videos, when I did open up in that way, um, you know, I think that's definitely something I learned. Storytelling is just another huge, hugely important part of YouTube videos. Um, Absolutely. Because, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I think it really does separate it because there is that niche of, um, you know, going back to Gerald and Dunn, he gets the information out. He does ridiculous amount of research and he tells you everything you need to know about this certain thing. And it's amazing. It's fantastic. Um, but, you know, I think the diff, the opposite approach of showing, being more storytelling centric and emotional and the ups and downs and stuff, I think, um, just is the extra step to help people feel more engaged, you know, with content. That's the biggest thing I think I've learned. And obviously this is the first time I've ever really done that on my channel and it kind of shows. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think it's, I really learned that it's important to create a story out of a video rather than just creating a video. That's the biggest thing I'd say. Dude, 100%. And I think it's so hard to create a story around a piece of gear. Yeah. And I think it's also because we've just been, um, I'll just say it for, for myself, I reviewed hundreds of cameras. I've, I've done hundreds of these videos over the last five years. And it, it was about five years ago, there was less people doing it. And it's pretty easy to just kind of buy a, a camera, open it up and review it. And uh, thankfully, I started five years ago when there were less people doing it. And so I may have had a little bit of an advantage because I was earlier than most people. But I also was doing quirky stuff in my, my own style. And that's the thing that every single person has their own unique style. So never think to yourself like, oh, there's a bunch of people doing camera reviews. I'm not going to do any because the truth is, is there's nobody like you. And so no matter how hard somebody else tries, nobody's going to do it like you could. So just embrace your own personality and your own uniqueness. And that takes time to figure out what that is even sometimes because uh, you can be so influenced by other creators when you think of like, oh, I'm going to start a channel, you just copy what Peter McKinnon does. And then now you're just another copy of Peter McKinnon. Um, but it just takes time and repetition to, to find your own, um, your own thing. And by the way, I don't know if you notice, I've been coughing a lot. I've been blowing my nose. I got stung by about four different yellow jackets today, uh, hornets. And, uh, I got, <laughs> I got stung right on the tip of my nose and you, you probably can't see in the video, but I have like two or three different sting bumps on my nose and my nose got really swollen. And so I've been kind of coughing and like, I've been having to <laughs> blow my nose a little bit today because, uh, like the stings went into my nose and it kind of like numbed my nose. So like snot is just kind of coming down. And so, sorry about that. But, these are the worst. Um, <laughs> dude, these. it was, it was insane. I was, <clears throat> I was picking up a chair outside that was on, uh, on the porch and there was, uh, an entire wasp, uh, it's yellow jackets, which are kind of like wasps. Uh, there was a nest of them underneath the chair. And when I lifted the chair up, I, I lifted it up by the legs cause it was just like a plastic, you know, kind of outside chair and I picked it up and I saw, I literally saw with my eyes, the nest. And as I saw, it was like slow motion. I just saw like four or five of these things coming at my face and two of them hit me in the nose. And I had a couple that hit my leg and I just like, I threw the chair and started like running away. It was pretty crazy. And I laid on the couch 
for about an hour with an ice pack on my nose. <clears throat> and then here we are doing a podcast. <laughs> That's how much I care about you guys. I'm showing up here on the podcast with bee, bee uh, sting nose. <clears throat> all that to say. <laughs> I think you all need to go subscribe right now. Right now because of that. <laughs> it shows your dedication. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all I have to say, like, uh, it is fairly easy now to just buy a camera and talk about it and just make a video. And there's nothing wrong with that. And everybody can do their own version of it. But the truth is, is that the views are getting so spread so thin because it's already a small niche to begin with. So you add more guys that are making videos about the same things and you spread that out over a sea of hundreds of creators and only, you know, a million or 2 million people in that audience to begin with. It just, you know, certain creators have their own pockets of fans that like their certain personality or a certain camera manufacturer or whatever. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. You can actually probably make a decent living, um, on a moderately sized YouTube channel. <clears throat> but I was like, I don't, I, I feel like I've hit reached a ceiling here because, uh, with indie mogul having a channel over 1.4 million subs or whatever, and being able to, you know, be at that level, it was kind of like, where else do you go from here? Like this is as big as it can get. Um, and the numbers weren't crazy high. And he, even if you look at McKinnon right now, um, He's got what six million subscribers, uh, which is insane, by the way. Congrats to massive. Peter. Um, yeah, so Peter McKinnon, uh, he has six million, five point seven six million, so almost six million subscribers. And your video has more views than his latest video. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> even. <clears throat> So he's averaging about 226,000 views per video. Every single video has roughly, I mean, he has one from two weeks ago that only has 128,000. Um, and obviously to us, like, dude, if I was averaging 300K or 200K a video, that's like a win in my book, right? But for a channel with 6 million subscribers, I think that's very peculiar. I think that's interesting because if you look up Danny Gonzalez, who has the, he has slightly less subscribers. He's a comedy YouTuber. He's averaging uh, three to 4 million views per video, which is a more normal ratio when it comes to big creators. When you have a creator with 6 million subs, chances are he's getting at least he or she is getting at least a million or more um, <clears throat> because of the, the amount of reach that that channel has from a sub subscriber pool. So I think it's fascinating that your channel with 50,000 subs has the same views as Peter McKinnon with 6 million subs. And so I think that the entire niche needs to be rethought and reimagined for the modern day. I think what you've done is exactly that. Imagine if Peter McKinnon did what you did, that would be a 2 million viewed video probably. Yeah. You know? Because he would have the reach to, to kind of have that jumping off point that would have taken it off even further. So I think uh, creators need to start just thinking more creatively the way that you did and think about the story. Think about the overall message. The a video that I clicked on of his recently is like, um, I mean, it didn't perform crazy well, I guess, uh, but um, it was the one about the Canon Ibis. Like they finally fixed, Canon finally fixed this. And I watched his video on that because um, the question is like, well, what do they fix? And I'm like, oh, it's probably the, I, I was, I was already playing it out in my head before I clicked on the video. I'm like, oh, they probably fixed uh, either the overheating or the, the IBIS or something. And sure enough, they, they tried to fix the IBIS. The problem is that they didn't, it still looks terrible compared to Sony and other companies. Don't get me started on that. But <laughs> um, anyways, I just think it's important for all of us, no matter what niche you're in, to really think about um, things differently and, and to look at the big creators like Ryan, like Mr. Beast, like Eric, like all the kind of big guys and see how you can um, fold that into your content somehow, even if you're doing smaller stuff like a, like a phone review or a camera review. Because I think there's, there's so much that 
is still to be explored with our, with our niche in general. And, um, you know, for me, I've been experimenting with it. And, uh, the last video I did, uh, I, I tried to kind of tell a little bit more of a story and it performed fairly well for me. Um, I'm really excited about my next video that I've been working on the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's called making a hundred movies in 24 hours. So that'll be really fun. <laughs> so Sounds awesome. just, tr- <laughs> yeah. So I'm just trying to think about things differently as well. And, but still play to the audience a little bit. Like it's still using gear and I'll still be talking about nerdy stuff. So people will still find it interesting, but then, you know, the idea and the concept is hopefully interesting enough that maybe a larger demographic of people will find it. Um, because for me as a creator in this space for the last five years, I felt like I could, I, whether I hit the ceiling or not, it didn't matter. It's like, I just saw a ceiling when I started looking at other creators and looking at their numbers. And it's like, everybody seems to kind of hit around. Like if you're doing really well, Maddie, Kai W, Potato Jet, they're all kind of sitting around like 900,000 or a million subs, which is no uh, small feat, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but they're not getting a million views per video at all. Um, but I, I feel like there's a way to get a million views per video in the filmmaking niche. And the only, the only channel that I know of that's doing that week over week is corridor. And it's because they're telling stories with every video and they're setting up games and they're, they're challenging each other and they're doing interesting things. And they're, um, really just telling great stories with every video. So that's the only channel that I know of that's pulling a million views per video in our niche. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, kind of, I mean, what you were talking about, you know, I think the filmmaking niche, niche, how do you say that? <laughs> the filmmaking niche. Yeah, I know. I can't say it correctly. But. <laughs> yeah. Same with Ari and Ari. I'm not, I'm really not sure which one's the right one, <laughs> but I know, I think you're supposed to say Ari, but I think in the latest Ari Alexa 65 video, like the guy who's in the video who works for Ari called it Ari. <laughs> so it's like, who, what do we call it? Even the guy who works there is confusing us, you know, uh, tomato, tomato, whatever <laughs> is what it is. It doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, what you're talking about, like, you know, I think the, the way to, the only way to really expand the filmmaking niche, you know, and get people that aren't specifically camera nerds, you know, interested in the newest camera and that sort of thing, you know, is to do stuff like all these other crazy viral YouTubers you see do, you know, the Mr. Beast, the Air um, where you like, obviously tell a story with it, get people intrigued, even if they don't even know what this camera is. If you can get them intrigued with it, with, you know, either the storyline or the title or the thumbnail, just bringing in people that aren't from that base audience. Um, yeah. You know, like, I guess I don't really have any uh, actual title examples, but the videos that are like, um, obviously, like comparing something crazy expensive versus something, you know, really budget, um, you know, I, everybody likes to see that stuff, you know, even if there's could be something that I really have never thought about in my life and I don't really care about, you know, just some random niche. But if someone makes a video, $10,000, you know, insert whatever it is versus $1, that brings everybody in because it's just like, oh, I wonder what, like, I wonder what the difference is, you know? And Mm -hmm. all like the other, the videos I typically see go crazy viral from camera YouTubers are, you know, kind of similar stuff that don't have to light cameras to say, I wonder what this video is about. You know, like, um, Mm -hmm. potato jet, um, huge inspiration. He made buying the Alexa camera on the internet. Um, he made that a Mm -hmm. few years ago. It has like one point something million views, you know, it outperformed, you know, I'm sure, especially what he was pulling in in terms of views, you know, when that came out a couple of years ago, because it's just interesting. I mean, who doesn't want to see the cheapest? It's like, I bought the cheapest Lamborghini in the world. It doesn't matter if you're not in a car. That just sounds interesting. Or about the most expensive. Yeah. So I think that doing those weird, crazy things that 
it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter that it's about a camera, just stuff that people just find interesting. I think that's, I think that's what, I think that's the way that the camera niche needs to grow. I can't say needs to, because obviously everyone can do whatever they want. I think that is the best way that we yeah, can expand a, our niche, you know, to a way, way, way broader. Totally. And yeah, I don't think, um, I don't think it, it, people who are, are content doing the review. Here's the, here's the problem. If you want to say the problem with our niche, I don't think it's a problem. It's just a, a fact. Almost everybody who uh, is a YouTuber in the camera gear space is a professional filmmaker or photographer to begin with. So like they're making money shooting weddings, shooting real estate, doing whatever. And because they know how to make videos, they can make a YouTube channel very easily because they already have all the gear. They know how to light things. They know like people hire people like us to make YouTube channels because they don't know how to do it. So it's like, obviously there's, there's like way more creators than uh, viewers ratio than probably most niches because typically the barrier of entry to become a YouTuber, depending on what hobby you're into, is learning how to be an editor and how to be a shooter. But ironically, in our particular niche, we all know how to do that. <laughs> so it's like it's there's the uh, the the kind of balance is a little off in terms of like a lot of creators and not a ton of viewers. So therefore all the, the views are a little bit lower than other niches when you compare it to like a comedy or an entertainment channel. But that being said, camera gear and tech has some of the highest CPM in terms of like YouTube paying out because obviously 10,000 viewers of a C70 video are more expensive viewers because they're people who are going to buy a $5,000 camera. So companies are going to pay more money to put an ad in front of my video about the C70 because they know the viewers of that product potentially have more money. Whereas a video gamer who's doing Minecraft maybe gets a million views and might literally make as much money as I make because it's just a bunch of kids that don't have any money that are watching that video, you know? (laughs) So, um, it's, it's all like, where do you want to, what do you want to do and why? Like, are you doing it to make money? Then, um, first off, maybe check out your priorities, make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons, not, not just to make money, but if you just want to make money and you're happy talking about gear, keep, keep going. Cause you can just, if you can chug, chug along and do that, you can make pretty good money talking about gear because there's affiliate sales, there's ad revenue and there's sponsorships. And all those things combined can can make a pretty good living. Um, but if you want to get views and have like big, uh, make a big change and make a big difference and make a big splash, um, either get into a different niche or try to figure out how to expand it, uh, which is exactly what I'm personally trying to do desperately. So um, not, not for any selfish reason. It's really just because I just love the process so much. And I, I feel like, I feel like there's something missing right now in our niche that I really want to see done. And so I'm just trying to do it myself. And that is truly making entertaining um, YouTube, YouTube first filmmaking content. So it's like stuff that I know is, will work well on YouTube that will generate a a thriving uh, audience of people and will allow me to use budget to go towards really cool ideas that just basically doing things that have never been done before. That's kind of the dream, but <clears throat> um, anyways, and that's why I want to talk to you. Cause I feel like you get it and you definitely are on that track. And what you just did with the, this video series, in my opinion is exactly the right move for this current generation of YouTube. And um, I just wanted to meet you and, and say congrats and, Everybody should definitely go check out Adam's channel. Uh, we'll link it in the show no- <clears throat> in the show notes, but um, you can check him out. Uh, where is it? How do I say? It? How do I spell it again? <laughs> uh, Foxtail Whips with a Z. Foxtail Whips with a Z. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Foxtail Whips. So yeah, what's the what's the origin of that name? Yeah. So 
one of my other channels is probably 20, 2013, 2012 or 2013 when I started it, um, was called The Foxtail Gamer. And it ended up, it, it's not even there anymore. Someone like reported every single video on it for no reason. I got deleted, but maybe that was the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly, because then I started this channel. But I really don't know where I came up with that from. Um, there's definitely not some meaning behind it, you know, like some background meaning behind it. Um, I just thought the Foxtail Gamer was cool. I made gaming videos, you know, fox, I, I like foxes. So I kind of just did that and then that channel ended up getting deleted and I created this channel and kind of just decided to stick with the same name um, with Fox and then Tail Whips. Kind of had to do with dirt bikes, um, like tail whipping, you know, on, on dirt bikes. Cause that was what originally what I, <laughs> videos that I made on this channel. So yeah, there's, there's really no, um, deep meaning behind it. It's just kind of, you know, what I made it as back in 2015 and it's just stuck with me ever since. So <laughs> nothing crazy there, nothing crazy with the whole naming behind it really. That's amazing. And it was, <clears throat> I'm curious, was Foxtail whips with an S taken and that's why I did a Z or were you just trying to be cheeky? No, I think it was taken because I definitely, um, I definitely wouldn't have done that. You know, it makes it more difficult to even, you know, to find, you know, cause you say Foxtail whips and then you search with an S and you know, I don't know if it'll come off like that, but yeah, it definitely was just taken. So I had to go with the Z instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. Well, I uh, I loved this conversation. We could probably talk for another hour, um, but it's been about an hour. And I just wanted to say again, thank you for coming on so last minute and for talking about your your series. If you haven't seen it yet, go check out the Ari Alexa series and all the other videos from Foxtail Whips. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes below and in the description. Adam, it was a pleasure meeting you and uh, and talking YouTube with you. Yeah, you Thanks for you coming too. on. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'm going to put some ice on my nose and go to sleep. <laughs> Good idea. Take some Benadryl. Good idea. <laughs>